Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, I need to get this off my chest before I read my poem. So this is a song that has been heavy on my heart all of a sudden. um, And I try to just sing when it is laid on my heart. So it's just a little verse, but it is heavy on my heart. So I am going to express it. Here we go. Since you've been away, I've been down and lonely. Since you've been away, I've been thinking of you. Trying to understand the reason you left me. What were you going through? I'm missing you. Tell me why the road turns. Ooh, I'm missing you. Tell me why the road turns. All right, so I got that off my chest. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, that is Diana Ross's I'm Missing You. And she is heavy on my heart. So. Prayers are going up. I don't know what's happening, but for some reason it was dropped on my heart and that doesn't happen on accident. So my prayers are going up for her and her family. And let me go ahead and read the poem that literally um, was also I was led to. So this is going to go to all of the wives that are out there doing everything they can to fight for their marriage. And for whatever reason, their husband is treating them treacherously. The name of the poem is called Treacherous. Here we go. I am your wife, but you treat me so treacherously. Yes, I married you, and now I'm abused constantly, emotionally, mentally, and verbally. You love practicing to deceive me. You are so untrustworthy, but you say that you imagine me having your baby. Please tell me how for us that will work. With my feelings you always hurt. It seems like I am the last person on your mind and the first person that you quickly deny. When it comes to our intimacy, you don't even pursue me. Your treachery is very plain to see. And it keeps me on bended knees, praying. You want me to act like we are so in love in public, but I can't fondly remember the very last tender touch that I felt from you. I regret that. You lie so easily as if you believe what you say. And I still don't know why you treat me this way? I give you my all with nothing to spare. 
fulfilling my vows and my promise to be here. But you, mistre you mistreating me has me counting up the cost. But you mistreating me has me counting up the cost. Especially when I see that you won't that you won't love me enough. I'm getting it together, y'all. <laughs> to change your wicked ways and stop deceiving me. You keep going astray. I foresee the two of us ending. I've been loyal to you in spite of it all. But your treachery is the very last straw. I plan on leaving you once and for all. Be treacherous by yourself. And so I really, really do hope and pray that um, for those of you that are struggling to remain in a what feels like a one-sided marriage, which feels like a one-sided relationship where you are constantly trying to find ways to be creative and to try to keep your spouse's undivided attention. And you may not be able to pinpoint what is it, why is it that it doesn't even matter how hard I try to work on this marriage that he keeps pushing me away. And you may never get that clarity. You may never find out why it is that your spouse, female or, or male, if it's the husband's trying to deal with the treacherous wife, if it's the wives trying to deal with a treacherous husband, you may never figure out why it is that it is happening the way that it is and why it is that they're treating you the way that they are. And one thing that I have discovered in terms of relationships is that a lot of times people, they may have a portion of their life that, and it may be a heavy proclivity. It may be a heavy habit. Um, it may be something that you never discussed in your courtship, that you never discussed while you were dating. And then you feel the tug and the pull in the relationship. You feel like you're sharing your spouse and you don't quite know what and why and how this even happened. For some couples, it's pornography. Sometimes there are people in the relationship where they had you believing in the beginning that you were gonna get that undivided attention. And next thing you discover is that your spouse is literally obsessed with pornography. And you're trying to figure out for the life of you, when did my body not, when did it not become enough? When did that stop? When was the way that we were trying to be good and be healthy in the relationship, when did that shift? When did he start becoming secretive? When did she start becoming secretive? And part of it is shame. Sometimes they don't know how to communicate that this is something that I struggle with. It's a sickness. It's a habit. It's something that I was doing since I was a kid or a teenager. And I just don't know if you can handle my truth. So instead of telling you their truth, they would rather make you feel guilty. Sometimes it's consciously, sometimes it's unconsciously, but they start to make you feel guilty and you haven't necessarily done anything other than not being able to fulfill their secret fantasies. And so if you are struggling with that, if you are someone that you can't quite figure out why it is that at one point y'all were madly in love with each other. And then next thing you know, a few years go by and he won't even touch you. 
or whatever you go and you try to get your little lingerie on and you're trying to be all super sexy and try to get, stand in front of the television just so he can see something and he's looking around you uninterested not caring whatsoever um nine times out of ten there's something else going on and it's not like i said it's not necessarily another human being but there's something hidden in that spouse's life that needs to be revealed if you're trying to reconcile your marriage if you're trying to get past that hump um, and sometimes what I'm also finding out is some people they don't even expose their truth until after a divorce is final or a separation has began then all of a sudden all of those secrets start to come out the woodworks whenever you're in front of a counselor and you're getting therapy for your relationship and you're trying to repair the relationship then suddenly because there's a third party present then that truth starts to be exposed and my I mean literally what I would strongly recommend if you are that person if you are that person that is struggling in your marriage because your spouse you you truly truly believe that your spouse is not being faithful or you believe that your spouse has literally become distracted by someone else or something else Sometimes you just got to be the bigger person and you got to you literally just got to confront the issue head on and just we need to talk. And what I'm also finding out is that it's not just about saying we need to talk. Sometimes we got to take off that that title. So if you are the wife, sometimes you got to take that title off and just be their friend. If you are the husband, sometimes you got to take the title off and just be the friend. Um, and the reason being is because as much as we don't like to talk about this, it's a reality. One of the reasons why removing the title in order for there to be a, a table of transparency and for each person to feel like they can be safe is because when you are in certain roles and you're wearing certain hats, there are certain expectations. So my friends, my girlfriends, my guy friends, there's a different level of transparency that I have with them. And my goal is that the next person that I get with, that I will be able to marry that and literally have the same level of transparency with my partner as I do with my friends. Because with my friends, there are no doors unopened. We are able to have open dialogue, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. There is no judgment. We talk about everything. And so if I'm going through a situation and I'm literally at a point where I'm just like, look, honey, I got to tell you what's going on. Um, I need you to pray for me. I need you to do something because right about now, this is how I'm feeling. I have that open door and my friends have the same open door. So it allows us to be able to be our true authentic selves and not literally, we don't feel no ways tired. We don't feel like it's going to be held against us a month from now. Pretty much whatever is said amongst each other, it stays there. And so this person didn't have to worry about five days from now, a total stranger said, oh, I know your whole situation, honey. I can tell you this, this, and this. They don't have to worry about that. It's like we have a safe place with each other. And um, I, think that that's, I think that that's very necessary. But that you can also bring that into your marriage. And I don't know why... Some relationships just don't do that. 
So, and I believe that sometimes you got to go back to the beginning. If that's how you were when you first started dating and you were able to tell your significant other everything and wouldn't have to worry and was, you were able to laugh about it. Ooh, I got to tell you this. So I was at the grocery store and oh boy, I mean, he was giving me the googly eyes. I tried to tell him that I was taken, but honey, he wasn't trying to hear it. He followed me all the way to the car. I was like, ooh, stalker alert, stalker alert. And then y'all laugh about it. He better not get too close. Does he know you got a husband? I tried to tell him, honey. I tried to tell him I had a husband at home. He wasn't trying to hear me. That's all right, baby. You know I got you. You know? And laugh about it. But it's for some reason, some marriages, once they get married, it's just like, I don't want to hear about no other dude. I don't want to hear about no other woman. Uh-uh. It's just us. That's not really being realistic. Because the world is full of people of the opposite sex. So just because you say I do doesn't mean that your colleagues are not going to be like if you're a woman, it doesn't mean that his colleagues are all going to be men. And if you're a man, it doesn't mean that her colleagues are going to all be women. So like if that is something that that bothers you, maybe that's an area that needs to be attended to. Maybe there are different things that she needs to say to you to help you to understand. I don't want anyone but you. And it's not just lip service to the way to whatever she needs to do to make you feel confident in that relationship to where you don't start looking to the left and you don't start looking to the right thinking that she's up to something when she's not and vice versa for the men. Whatever needs to take place, I believe that that's part of being in a, a marriage and in a, a committed relationship is that we need to not have these secret doors. We need to not have these secrets because if I'm holding secrets, but I'm in a committed relationship, I have committed myself to marrying you and being with you for the rest of my life. If I can't be completely honest with you. When I'm up, when I'm down, when I'm in between. If I can't tell you about the times that I've gone to work and there might have been someone that literally I had to remind myself that I'm a married woman. Because at least that would give the man an opportunity to be like, okay, so where am I missing it? Have we not been intimate in a couple of days? Is that the reason why he looked hot to you, honey? Let's talk about it. Let's take care of that. So that way you ain't got to look to the left. You ain't got to look to the right and vice versa. And I'm not sure if it's because some of us have grown up in the church home and, and or grown up in church to where we don't talk about stuff like that. But I remember when I was married. And so one of the conversations that me and my ex, well, husband at the time, I was very open and honest with him. That might have been what ran him off. Anyway, so <laughs> it wasn't. I'm just playing. But anyway, so I was very open and honest with him. And one of the things that I said, and I found out later that that's not common, but I literally told him, you will never have to guess if I'm thinking about stepping outside of our marriage. Because any time that I am literally horny and I'm needing some, if you decide that you want to turn me down, I'm going to have that conversation with you. Because my whole thing is, I need you to understand you're supposed to be, your body is supposed to be my body. My body is supposed to be your body. So even if we're mad, you worry about being mad at me 
after you've satisfied those needs because I'm not trying to step out on you. But I will if you keep denying me. Maybe that's what my dad said I needed a man with a backbone because I've always been very blunt, very direct. I, I just don't know how to sugarcoat stuff. So anyway, but I literally had that conversation and I remember there was one particular time that he was in his mood or whatever, feelings hurt, something was going on. And I remember sitting him down and telling him, I'm going to need you to change this and I'm going to need you to do it quickly. Because the way that you're responding to me, you're going to cause me to cheat on you. And I was very, very direct. I was direct the entire relationship. So I have found out that everybody really cannot handle your truth. But my whole thing was, I don't need you guessing. I don't need you trying to figure out like, why is she acting this way? I'm just going to tell you. And so there were a lot of times that we, you know, would do the back and forth and kind of get to some type of agreement because my, but my whole thing was, this is what is necessary. If we're talking about longevity, like I can't be under the same roof with you, living with you, having this type of feeling. Then there was another scenario where he literally, it was some guy guy friend of mine but he didn't know the guy and um he pretty much was like well go you know he wanted me to go hang with the dude and I just thought that was the most strange thing and so I told him about I was like why would you co-sign and you know we're having marital issues right now why would you co-sign for me to go hang with another man that doesn't make any sense to me. That's not adding up in my head. Because if you know that we're on the brink of divorce, if you know that we are in a shaky relationship right now, in my mind, I would think that the last thing that you would want to do is try to force me into the arms of another man. Especially when you've already told me that you believe that he's attracted to me. So if you're doing that, there's an ulterior motive. If you are pushing me into or trying to or alluding to or whatever, there's a motive that maybe I'm just not clear on just yet. And eventually, you know, things evolved and I was able to see the whole picture. But I was like, my mind kept saying, hmm, that's just not normal. I, I've never known a man to do that. I've, I've literally known the opposite. Um, if a man knows that they're in a shaky relationship and they're trying to reconcile that marriage they don't want you dealing i don't need nobody calling you right now uh, we trying to figure this thing out i don't i uh -uh, mm -mm, we're gonna do something different because i'm not gonna make i'm not gonna put you in a position for another man to take you from me that's if a man wants to be with you so it's so much that i've learned over a period of time but i do remember us keeping the lines of communication open and when the communication shifted is when I started to realize there's something else going on. Huh. Looky there. But I truly believe that, you know, there are certain relationships. I talked to one, one dear, dear friend of mine. I have a lot of good friends. But anyway, this one particular friend, I, my heart went out to her because 
like I said, I'm talking to the treacherous wives today, the ones that are being treated treacherously and the husbands that are being treacherously, being treated treacherously. But this particular situation, they have been married for a long, long time. And to find out that they're able to be intimate, but they're not being intimate for whatever reason, it really, truly affected me. And I kept apologizing to her because as women, women have needs. As men, men have needs. And so I'm single right now, so I ain't got to meet now man's need. You hear me? <laughs> that ha That's an option that I have. I, that's an option for me. It's not mandatory because I'm single. So I don't have to there's no one that I have to answer to, lay with, none of that. I don't have that responsibility because I'm single. But if I were married, I know as a wife, my duty would be to please my husband, whether I had a headache or not. And so I apologized to her. I empathized with her. I was compassionate because I was like, I cannot, nor am I willing to be in a marriage like that. And that's a situation where it's like, you may have the title of husband and wife, but when you've walked away from the marriage, you're literally, it's like a shell. The turtle has left the building. It's just the shell. The snail has left the building. It's just the shell. And so I'm like, how do you function? Because if you know that you have this desire to be loved, if you know that you have this desire to feel touched and you haven't experienced that in not months, but years, that's given place to somebody's adultery somewhere. Because we're still human. And so I remember when I first got a divorce, I think the hardest adjustment for me and when I was, you know, going through that process of being divorced, my hardest, Lord, I'm about to be real transparent. The hardest adjustment for me was getting sex whenever I wanted it for the most part and going from having that option to had been stripped completely from me. I think that was one of the hardest things for me to deal with. Because I've been a single person before. So I knew how to operate in my singleness. But when you go from married to single. It's a different energy. It hits different. And so it took me a minute for me to get in touch with the new single me in terms of realizing you ain't got it like that. Now you got to start over. You got to be found again. You got to heal from the brokenness. You got to process these emotions. You got to process the, everything that happened in between. You got to process everything that happened afterwards. You got children together, which means you're still going to have to cross paths. You got to get all of this stuff out of you so that when you see him, you're not thinking about what y'all used to do and how y'all used to do it and how long. You got to do a whole lot of healing, homegirl.
friend when he remarries. You've got to be in a position where you can view her as his wife, knowing that you once were his wife. Stripping that from the whole equation and treating it like, like she's been the only wife. So I went through a lot of just purging, learning, relearning, redefining after being married. Now I'm on the opposite end of that. And so now having practiced celibacy way at, like years ago. Because I was actually celibate before I married my husband. We were not intimate, my ex-husband. We were not intimate before we said I do. We, were, we never had sex before we said I do. But to be fair, we were not courting for long. So we literally had a very short courtship. So maybe that's the reason why it was easy <laughs> for us not to have sex before marriage. Because we had a very short courtship. And our marriage lasted a little over six years. And we have two beautiful children together. However, once you have been married, then you are single. It's just a little different. It's, a, it's literally you have to retrain your mind. And what I really, what I realized was, okay, so now I know that there are perks to being married, being married, which is one of the reasons why it didn't matter if I'm married or single, I'm always encouraging marriage. And one of the reasons being is yes, two are better than one, especially if you meet and marry your purpose partner. Is it going to be tough? Yes. But is it going to be worth it? Most definitely. I have witnessed wonderful, beautiful married couples. I have witnessed them go through the storm. I've witnessed them overcome. I've witnessed them grow together where the two literally look like they have become one. I've witnessed it and I think it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. And that's why. I'm willing to wait for my future hubby because I know if I've already had a taste of what that was like and it wasn't the best experience in the whole wide world, but I still have a hinge of I still want to be remarried one day. That tells me that there were parts of being in marriage that literally were a blessing to me that I literally grew as a person. And even now it's like we have a totally different dialogue, me and my ex, but at the, my ex-husband, but at the same time, like I still to this day respect his opinion. Like one thing that I had to identify was that you may not have been a good husband to me, but that does not mean that you were not and are not a good individual, a good person. And so I can honestly respect your opinion Without all the other stuff. Which is why we work great as exes and not as partners. That's not everybody's testimony. I get that. Not everybody can be friends or be cordial with their ex and their ex's new boo. I understand that. Everybody heals differently. Everybody processes differently. But... Me having children, I believe that that's one of the reasons why it was easier for me to make peace with the situation because I learned 
a long time ago with having children, it's not about me. So a lot of the reasons why I believe I'm able to bounce back from bad relationships is simply because, especially if there's a child involved, is because I'm thinking about the well-being of that child. And I also believe that there are a lot of people that remain in bad relationships. And in their mind, they've convinced themselves that I'm remaining in this bad relationship for the sake of the child or the children. But can I tell you something? My children are the reason why I made sure that I got a divorce. Because as much as we try to hide from them all of the stuff that's taking place behind quote unquote closed doors, they hear those arguments. They see the body language. They see how you're treating each other. They hear how you're talking to each other. They hear the domestic violence. They hear the, the voice raising. They hear the cursing. They see the dad is sleeping on the couch. They see the child aren't sleeping in the same bed. They hear all of this. This is their children are very resilient, but they're very observant also. And so when my children came to me and told me, y'all argue all the time. That's all we ever hear y'all do. That does something to a child. A lot of times the children are asking themselves, did I do something to make mom and dad argue? They start to internalize that. They take that very personally. And so one of the reasons why I, well, it started off as a separation. So one of the reasons why we separated was because it wasn't just the abuse aspect of it. It was also what it was doing to the children. And so by it doing that to my children, I'm like, okay, um, I think I'm going to just go ahead and exit stage left because, yeah, I don't want to see my babies feeling like this. And so things happen for a reason. I learned a lot in that relationship. I truly believe that we don't go through things for ourselves necessarily. Sometimes we go through things to help someone else get through that thing. But if you are a wife or a husband that's being dealt with treacherously, I opted to leave the marriage. However, I can't ask you to do that because I don't know if your life is on the line. Because I do know that there are some people that they make certain people feel so afraid that they will remain in that marriage or they'll remain in that toxic relationship because they truly are afraid that if they leave that person, that their life is going to be ended. And I would never tell anyone to put themselves in a position to get killed. I would just say pray and hope and pray that a door will open up, something will happen. Maybe the person's heart will change to where they're not as toxic but, you know, please seek counsel, use wisdom, because I am not a doctor. I am not a counselor. I'm merely stating my own personal experiences. And so if for any reason you are in a treacherous situation, I hope that you find the strength. If you have that as an option and you can exit and have your life preserved, please count up the cost. 
Is it worth it? Is it worth staying in it? Because I, I know a lot of times what we tend to do is hold on to the potential of a thing. Hold on for dear life. Oh, but I remember when. Oh, but he has the potential to change. Oh, but she has the potential to grow. Oh, but she could be so different if she did X, Y, and Z. But how long is that potential going to last? I remember my brother is, now he is, I'm 47, so my brother is 40, what's today? March. He will be 46 in April. Lord said the same. And so I remember he was saying, and I never looked at it like that, but I was dating someone and I was telling my brother, I said, he has potential. So <laughs> a few years ago. So we just going to say that we're just going to say that my brother was like 40 years old when we were having this conversation. So he was, I was like, he has potential. You know, that's why I'm giving him a chance. My brother looked at me and said, Teresa, I said, what? He said, I had potential when I was 18 years old. Potential don't pay the bills. It's just that potential. And just because you have the potential to do something doesn't mean that you're going to do it. So that's not enough. He ain't doing and he just started listing it. He started listing the things that that this person wasn't doing. And he said, let's think about this for a minute. He said, I'm your brother. You see all the stuff I do for you and them kids. Say, yeah, I do. You do a lot. Thank you. Appreciate you. He says, so if I do this and I ain't never had sex with you, don't you think the man that we want for you, we want him to be able to do what I do and then some. He said, as your brother, I should be able to pass the baton to the next man in your life. He should be able to match what I do for my sister what dad does for you, he should be able to combine that and do those things for you and then some. He was like, if any man coming into your life cannot do what we do for you, he don't need to be a part of your life. <laughs> That's what my brother said. Changed my whole outlook on relationships. I wish to God we would have had that conversation when we were younger, because it would have saved me a whole lot of heartache and pain on so many fronts, like for real, for real. But when he said that, what he was pretty much telling me is to stop settling. Stop settling. Once you work on yourself and you start to realize your true worth, I hope that you won't settle. If you have a spouse who tells you that they love you, but their actions aren't in it, it's just lip service. If you've done the work and you've done everything you can to reconcile the marriage, you've sought counseling, you've sought to have a one-on-one -on -one or take out, take a little retreat and try to rekindle the relationship. And he or she still ain't acting right. Count up the cost. Figure out what is best for your sanity. What is best for your children? What is best for you? Because being in a marriage where you're truly not loved. Is a miserable feeling. And you're you're so deserving of love. We all are. 
We all deserve to be loved. And I really feel like if people, some people, would stop using the word so loosely, saying I love you, when they really don't, <laughs> it would do the world so much better. Say what you mean and mean what you say. I just feel like if it was truly, if we could truly just get to that point where people stop just saying stuff for the sake of lip service and just truly met what they said, we would be in a much better place. Ooh, I'm missing you. Tell me why the road turns. So this is going to end my episode for tonight. But y'all know how I do it. I'm going to read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated March the 15th, 2021. I believe I may... Oh, dear future hubby. I believe I may be getting pretty good at this reflection thing. I notice how easy it is for me to bounce back from receiving bad news compared to how I used to process bad news a few years back. Some of the things that would have definitely brought me to tears a few years ago don't really phase me that way, the, the way they used to. When did this change? I can't pinpoint it. However, it could be that I've also matured in areas where I was previously quite immature. I remember there used to be a time when I had to be right. My perception was the quote unquote right perception. But according to who? Just me? So now I do my best to keep my mind open to different perspectives. And now I am even more fascinated by how other people think than I've ever been before. I've started watching shows to support this as well. And if I'm honest, I've always been a little fascinated by the way some people think. I mean, that's really true. That's a side note. So I've always been a people watcher. I've always been intrigued by people. Um, I probably should have went into the field of either counseling or psychiatry. I don't think psychiatry because I took a course and I was like, it's a lot of crazy people in this world. But so maybe not psychiatry necessarily, but I probably should have did counseling because I love like the whole life coaching and I love coaching and, you know, I love like giving my friends advice, all that good stuff. So I, I probably should have journeyed on that road and I didn't. So, yeah, you know, y'all know how that goes. But OK, I digress. <laughs> Wondering why, I do wonder why, why do people do what they do? What causes them to make certain decisions in their lives? I wonder to myself, if they had it to do differently all over again, would they do things differently? Another side note. The reason why I ask that question is because there's a lot of things I know people always say, oh, if I had it to do different, I wouldn't do anything different. I can't say that. If I had life to do over again, I would definitely have pursued my dreams at an earlier age. I am now 47 years old. 
And I am just now pursuing my dreams in my 40s. So if I had to do it all over again, I would have been fearless and I would have pursued my dreams early, early, early on. And so I don't agree with that statement. That's just me personally. If I had it to do over again, that's what I would do different. I would pursue my dreams way sooner than waiting until I'm in my late 40s. Okay, so then there are couples that I've watched over the years. And there have been times when I wondered, does he or she regret marrying that person? Or why did they choose to live in separate bedrooms after being married for all those years? Or, wow, what makes her stay when she knows there ain't a faithful bone in his body? I told you, I'm a people watcher. I even watch how certain people respond to certain situations so that I can see if there's a better way. And if there is, show me what it is. Trust me, I'm doing the work. I love you. Love, Teresa. So yeah, I've always been a people watch. I don't know when I started that. I don't know what made me do that. But I, I, well, first of all, I genuinely love, I do. I genuinely love people. And so um, maybe that's part of it. But I do. Sometimes I look at certain relationships and I, I've seen some things, y'all. I've seen some things. And I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen some things too. But in, in watching how certain relationships formulate, sometimes you can't help to say, why are they still together? Or why, why is she with him? Like he don't even respect her. He didn't talk to her right. He walks all over her. You know, I've seen it. Then there's been times where, like I remember, <laughs> she said, I'm crazy, but call me crazy. But I literally, there was um, a friend of mine that I, I literally told her, you're in this marriage. Neither one of y'all are acting like husband and wife. What is stopping y'all from getting a divorce? Like, I know I'm not supposed to like, I know I'm not supposed to tell people to get a divorce. At least that's what they say in the church. But in my mind, I'm like, y'all both, you've been living a life sleeping with this man, sleeping with that man, sleeping with this man. He's been sleeping with every girl that got legs. Why are y'all still married? Like, what is the purpose of saying, that's my husband, that's my wife? Like, it's a song. Why come y'all just don't go your separate ways? Because you're not, you're literally making marriage look bad. Why would you stay married and y'all are not even operating as a married couple? He's a pedophile, if you ask me. You can do better if you ask me. So why are y'all still together? I'm, I'm just, I'm just really, truly curious. Your kids are grown. So you're not doing it for the children. They're grown. So y'all are just what? Torturing each other for the sake of what? I don't, I don't get it. I've had one couple tell me, the wife said, girl, I'm trying to stay married to him in case he, in case he kills over, I can get the life insurance. What? That's not a marriage. I just don't, like I said, I watch people. I listen too. I just don't understand why some people choose to stay in toxic relationships when the sign that says exit 
is flashing right in front of them. I don't understand. Because when I was in a bad relationship, I was looking for the exit. And the moment I saw the exit, I dashed for it. Like my life depended on it. Because it kind of did. So, to the treacherous wives and the treacherous husbands, I understand you got to do what's best for you, boo. But I really do hope that you get help in some way, form, or fashion. Because that road traveled is a lonely one. Be encouraged and do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.